Welcome to Above Avalon. This is episode 183, a 10-year lead in wearables. Hi, I'm Neil. It's good to be back with the Above Avalon podcast. Six years after releasing the Apple Watch, it's still not clear who is going to represent genuine competition for Apple in the wearable space. Over the past few weeks, a number of events have come up that got me thinking about Apple and wearables. We can look at Google I.O. 2021, in which we saw a change from Google in terms of how it's approaching wrist wearables. There are Snap Spectacles 4, in which Snap unveiled its first pair of augmented reality glasses. And then there were developments on the R&D front. Facebook let the press take a little bit of a closer look at Facebook Reality Labs. And some of the effort focused on the wrist when it comes to controlling future wearable gadgets. But the thing that really caught my attention occurred last week. Apple quietly unveiled one of the more remarkable pieces of technology that has been developed in the past few years, Assistive Touch on Apple Watch. Assistive Touch allows one to control an Apple Watch without actually touching the device. Instead, a series of hand and finger gestures can be used to control everything from answering a call to ending a workout. Assistive Touch ends up being the latest example of how Apple's lead in wearables is still being underestimated. The evidence points to Apple having a wearables lead of not just a few years, but more like a decade. In today's episode, we will talk about why I think Apple's lead is more like a decade and how Apple obtained that lead. I don't think there was just one item or factor. Instead, a series of events came together to help Apple. Before we go any further, there is value found in adding context to Apple's wearables business. How big is it? What about unit sales? Revenue. For those of you who are above Avalon members, this is a topic that we really do talk about pretty consistently. But at least for this episode, we will focus on some of the big numbers. According to my estimate, Apple is on track to sell more than 100 million wearable devices in fiscal year 2021. And when I say Apple wearables, that includes Apple Watch, wireless AirPods, and select Beats headphones. To be precise, my estimate for 2021 is 105 million wearable devices. That is up from 89 million in 2020, 68 million in 2019. We could go back to 2018, 45 million, and then it was just 26 million in 2017. So that is pretty consistent, pretty strong growth. It's one reason why I have referred to Apple's wearables business in the past as a runaway train. On a unit sales basis, you see that growth. But more interestingly, on a new user basis, things are even more impressive. So for example, in 2021, my estimate is 105 million wearable devices will be sold. That represents nearly 40% of the number of iPhones that would be sold during the same time period. The thing is, unit sales don't tell the full story. When you look at new users, so these are people who are buying their first wearable device from Apple. There are more people entering the wearables arena than the number of people buying a new iPhone for the first time. 
This matters a lot when thinking about future sales because as the install base expands, you then have more people that will be in a position to upgrade in the future. Turning to revenue, Apple Watch, AirPods, and Select Beats headphones are a $30 billion per year business. That would rank Apple wearables on a combined basis just shy of a Fortune 100 company. If we assume continued Apple Watch and AirPods momentum, and then have Apple expanding its wearables platform by getting into face wearables, that's a term I use to refer to AR, VR headsets and glasses, Apple wearables will likely be able to generate up to $50 billion of revenue annually, and that's within just a few years. The takeaway here is that wearables is a big business, and it's expanding. This is not just some little side project where there just isn't enough revenue, there just isn't enough consumer interest. It's the opposite. When Apple unveiled the iPhone in January 2007, Steve Jobs famously said that the iPhone was literally five years ahead of any other mobile phone. He ended up being mostly correct. It took the competition a number of years and a whole lot of copying to catch up with what Apple had just unveiled. With wearables, my suspicion is Apple's lead is longer than five years. As we will talk about, there are items found with wearables that we didn't see with smartphones, or even tablets for that matter. It's the wearable-specific items that I think are being underestimated in the marketplace when it comes to measuring just how far ahead Apple is versus everyone else. There are three components to Apple's wearables lead. One, custom silicon technology sensors. Two, a design-led product development process that emphasizes the user experience. And three, a broader ecosystem in terms of a number of wearable devices and services. When we go to the first item, custom silicon, technology, sensors, in my estimate, Apple has a four to five year lead over the competition in this regard. And that is being generous to the competition. My estimate is derived from both how long it takes to develop these technologies in addition to what we currently see in the marketplace. So we can look at what Apple devices are doing right now in the marketplace versus the competition. Turning to the second component, a design-led product development process that emphasizes the user experience. In my opinion, that adds three years to Apple's lead. So this is three years in addition to the four to the five-year lead that Apple has because of the custom silicon, the technology, and all of the sensors that Apple's been working on and that are found in its wearable devices. And then we have to think about the ecosystem itself. So by having 100 million Apple Watch users, by having close to 100 million AirPods out in the wild, that actually helps Apple sell more devices. The ecosystem, I think, adds another two years to Apple's lead. There are a few additional items worth pointing out. When you think of things like health monitoring sensors, AR-focused technologies, audio technologies, only a select number of companies will likely be able to even compete with Apple on the technology front when it comes to thinking about wearables. 
others will be forced to pursue partnerships. And in general, my opinion on partnerships is not too optimistic. Even if we assume that companies will be able to catch up with Apple on the technology front, we see companies trying to figure out how to handle Apple's custom silicon. There are some poaching going on, some controversial poaching going on. Let's assume that you do have a handful of companies. They are able to say, we are confident we have met Apple on the technology front. The thing is, there are attributes that set wearables apart from mobile devices. Succeeding on the technology front is not enough. Wearables need to be designed so that people want to be seen wearing them for extended periods of time. The Apple Watch gives a great example of this. Let's say it's morning, you just recharge the Apple Watch, you put it on. Chances are good you're not going to think about wearing it or not the rest of the day. It's just going to be on your wrist. It's not that you're going to have an important meeting or an event and say to yourself, oh, I can't be seen wearing this device. This, this looks too odd. People are going to ask questions. You don't think about it. That gives Apple Watch power. And when we think about where things are headed in terms of monitoring our health, monitoring our activity, well, having a device like Apple Watch on throughout the day, it matters. We can even look at things like AirPods. Speaking for myself, I very often will find I put a pair of AirPods on, take a phone call. I forget they're in my ear. Maybe another hour goes by. Oh, yeah, I still have these in my ears. That may not seem like a big deal today. But once you start adding additional functionality to these devices, the ability to have them in your ears and not have you be, say, self-conscious when you're walking out in public with them in your ears, it's, those things matter. These are qualities that set wearables apart from, say, just an iPhone in your pocket or an iPad that you have next to your bed. Another requirement for a wearable like a smartwatch or a wireless pair of headphones is they have to work seamlessly with other devices and services. Wearables end up being an ecosystem play. This matters because a competitor needs to have not only an answer for effectively competing with Apple Watch on the wearables front, but also answers for various services available on AirPods and Apple's other devices. Looking ahead, Apple's entry into face wearables will only make the hill to climb that much steeper for competitors trying to go after Apple Watch and AirPods. If you are an Apple competitor and you're listening to this, you may say to yourself, well, wait a second, Neil. We agree that there are three items that we have to do well at. The custom technology, the design, and the ecosystem implications. But we can work on all three of them at the same time. So even though Apple may have a three-year lead from a design perspective or a two-year lead from an ecosystem perspective, we can do it at the same time so that really it's just a four to five-year lead. And it ultimately comes back to our ability to differentiate on the technology front. I don't agree with that. The pieces needed to compete effectively with Apple wearables are unable to be worked on concurrently or said another way at the same time. A company needs to first spend the required years developing and researching the core technologies before turning its focus on ensuring there's the right kind of collaboration that exists between engineering and design. 
product sales will then need to materialize before a company even has the means of leaning on an ecosystem to sell additional wearable devices. A different way of measuring Apple's lead in wearables is to look at the company's M&A activity, mergers and acquisitions. Apple has been busy buying tech and talent for its upcoming face wearables play for the past six years. In this week's article over at AboveAvalon.com titled Apple Has a Decade-Long Lead in Wearables, I outlined all of Apple's publicly known M&A when it comes to face wearables and the primary reason for buying each company and when the acquisition occurred. In wearables land, the days of new products taking only two to three years to develop are over. The required technology and R&D required to get such devices off the ground require much more lead time. Apple has been working on wearable devices for the eyes for at least six years and counting. To get a few real-world examples of Apple's significant lead in wearables, I outlined three things. Assistive touch on Apple Watch versus Facebook Reality Labs, Google I.O. 2021, and then what we're seeing with face wearables. So Snap Spectacles 4, Magic Leap, Microsoft HoloLens. We can dive a bit deeper into each one. Two months ago, Facebook gave the press a peek at how it is researching using a smartwatch-like device as an input method for a pair of AR glasses. The research, centered on electromyography, looked to be in the pretty early stages, with many years needed before seeing a technology in a consumer-facing product. The video Facebook released was still intriguing, as it showed research that was thought to be at the forefront of what is going on in technology R&D today. Apple then shocked everyone by unveiling assistive touch for Apple Watch. Instead of showing a behind-the-scenes look at what Apple was working on in terms of the R&D labs, Apple unveiled a technology ready for users today. The technology, which relies on a combination of sensors and technologies to turn the Apple Watch into a hand and finger gesture reader, was designed for those in need of additional accessibility. Of course, the technology can go on to have other use cases over time, such as controlling a pair of smart glasses, like the ones Facebook is working on. We all get to see the products Apple has already unveiled when it comes to wearables. I don't think enough attention has been placed on the things Apple has been working on behind closed doors when it comes to wearables. And that's why Assistive Touch did a good job of showing just how far ahead Apple is on the wearables R&D front. We can turn to Google. At its 2021 developers conference, Google finally showed signs of taking risk wearables seriously by ditching Wear OS and partnering with Samsung on a new operating system. It is fair to be skeptical that the effort will end up being successful. With that said, the announcement was a marked change from prior Google Isles, when wearables were all but ignored. If we dive a bit deeper into Google's announcement, it's easy to see how far behind Google truly is in wearables. We can cut to the chase. The company doesn't even have an operating system that consumers want capable of powering a smartwatch. This may be excusable if Apple Watch was just unveiled. However, last month marked Apple Watch's sixth anniversary. 
Turning to face wearables, while we see a handful of companies release various kinds of prototype hardware for the face, AR, VR, mixed reality headsets, nothing has stuck with consumers. The feeling in the air is that they all lack something. Design thinking. This is an item that is not easy to recreate with most companies, simply not structured to emphasize design. This is why my estimate that a design-led product development process that emphasizes the user experience gives Apple an additional three years of lead time against the competition, that may be generous to the competition. It could be much longer. And for most companies, they may never be able to have a similar product development process that Apple has essentially built over the decades. Many companies will need to rethink their face wearable strategies once Apple officially enters the market. None have viable answers for smartwatches or wireless headphones either, which make their face-focused efforts look misguided and incomplete. We now turn to the crux of today's discussion. How did this happen? Apple's lead in wearables wasn't driven by any one factor or item. Instead, a series of events came together to give Apple an advantage. The first factor is that Apple was early. One way to build a big lead against the competition is to get an early start. Wearables represent a paradigm shift in computing, and few companies other than Apple saw it coming. As for how Apple was able to see it so early, Wearables are all about making technology more personal, a mission Apple has been on for decades. In a way, Apple was built to excel with wearables. Apple's lack of fear in coming up with new products that may potentially impact sales of existing products also helped the company run wrist-first into wearables in the early 2010s. There was then what I call the voice computing distraction. Even after Apple began to unveil its wearable strategy with Apple Watch in 2014, that was the unveiling, the product that went on sale in 2015, many competitors balked at following the company. Competitors thought the actual paradigm shift materializing was found with voice computing. Most of these companies didn't have the hardware expertise to do well with wearables out of the gate, so they pinned their hopes on voice assistants being piped through stationary speakers in the home. Once the stationary smart speaker mirage became apparent, companies found themselves years behind Apple on the wearables front. We have to once again mention design. Wearables require design expertise. It's not enough to just throw together some leftover smartphone components and ship wearables. People want to wear devices that they are okay with being seen in. This is one reason why so many companies have looked at Apple Watch for design cues. The lack of design talent and ability remains a major roadblock for many companies. There is then Apple's ecosystem and technology advantage. Wearables are the ultimate ecosystem play. On the technology front, Apple was able to utilize lessons learned from mobile devices to push wearables forward. Not many companies are able to do the same. There has been massive consolidation in the smartphone space with only a handful of companies even in a position to have a wearables and mobile ecosystem. The probability of there being a wave of smartwatch OEMs utilizing something akin to Android remains low. The last major item has to do with the lack of price and feature umbrellas under Apple. One reason Android found oxygen in the smartphone space is that Apple left a pretty wide price umbrella 
under the iPhone. In addition, Android positioned itself as giving users features that iPhone users may not have had access to. No such umbrellas exist in wearables. Entry-level AirPods sell for $159 and are often available for less at third-party retailers. Apple Watch is available starting at $199. It is very difficult for a hardware manufacturer to sell wearables for less than Apple and turn a profit. Meanwhile, companies that would look to make money in other ways, such as through data collection, are still stuck with the requirement of wearables needing to look good enough to be worn in public. This gets to the point that wearables are fundamentally different than smartphones, tablets, laptops, and desktops. Six years have passed since Apple released the Apple Watch, and it's still not clear who is going to represent genuine competition for Apple in the wearable space. Apple's success in wearables is finally being noticed by others, as seen by the growing number of companies selling products for the body. Amazon, Microsoft, Facebook, Google, Samsung. Huawei, Xiaomi, Garmin, and the list goes on. However, none are in as strong of a position as Apple was in a few years ago, let alone today. Apple's wearables lead stands to grow further once the company enters face wearables. The next few years will likely dictate the power structure in wearables for the next 10 to 20 years. When it comes to competitors figuring out a way to slow Apple in wearables, it's now or never. That will conclude today's episode. If you enjoy the analysis and perspective found in this discussion, and you want more of it throughout the week, definitely check out Above Avalon membership. You'll get access to my exclusive daily updates all about Apple. These updates are emails. Each one includes three stories and is typically around 2,000 words. The updates revolve around Apple business and strategy analysis, my perspective and observations on current news and Apple competitors my Apple financial estimates, and of course, full coverage of Apple earnings, product events, and keynotes. If it is of interest to Apple, it is something I pay attention to in the daily updates. In addition to receiving these updates in your email throughout the week, the updates are also available as a daily podcast. I just recorded the 146th episode of Above Avalon Daily this past week. That brings the total to about 31 hours of audio. That's also why, for some of you, we just talked a couple days ago, even though for this Above Avalon podcast, it has been a number of weeks since the last episode. For more information on Above Avalon membership and to become a member, head on over to AboveAvalon.com, go to the membership page. There are two signups available. It's either $20 per month or $200 per year. If you are interested in the Above Avalon Daily podcast, so again, that is receiving all of the daily updates, also in audio form, well, that add-on is just $10 per month or $100 per year. When on AboveAvalon.com, also check out the daily updates page. You can go back and see all of the story headlines found in the daily updates. That's going to give you a pretty good look, a pretty good feel for the various topics that I talk about in the daily updates. Above Avalon is fully supported by members. So if you are an Above Avalon member, thank you for your support. And if you are considering Above Avalon membership, I don't think you'll be disappointed. And thank you in advance. 
With that, I will conclude today's episode. I will talk to you all later. Bye.